It's your typical morning, waking up to your alarm, turning it off, and picking up your phone to check social media. I messed up that morning by checking social media. The first thing I saw when I checked Facebook that morning, well, actually, all my social medias, was this. This is the audio from a video of two high school girls arguing on the Mississauga transit system over one of the girls not paying for her fare. The argument goes on like this for four minutes until finally a fight happens. Watching this video made me think of a lot of things. Mainly, how young people fight over the stupidest things. What I really wanted to know was why do they actually fight? So I did what any clueless person would do, and I asked my friend for his thoughts. Why do you think younger people fight? I think it's a lot of social media, a lot of looking into stuff that's not actually there. Seeing the forest, but not the trees, if you will. Yeah. And uh, it, it's a stupid reason, really. I, like, I completely regret getting into a lot of the fights I got into in high school. This is my friend Brandon, and he has a very personal experience with youth fighting. I was 16. I was just well, minding my own business. It was me and my two buddies around like 11 p.m. at night. And uh, we were all walking down to Tim's. We were just going to grab a coffee, hang out, and talk and stuff like that. And as we were walking by, another group of three guys we didn't know was walking past us. He asked me for a cigarette. I told him I didn't have any. He was actually drunk with his two friends, so they were getting a little rowdy. Uh, I pulled out my phone. I was in the middle of actually calling 911 and ripped it out of my hands, oh, put it in his back pocket. So I got up in his face and I told him to give me my phone back. He kept saying no, so I punched him in the face. My two buddies were ready to step in, and it was going to turn into a three-on-three -three brawl, but one of his friends pulled a knife out. I backed down, he punched me back in the face just to retaliate, and then while they had the knife on us, they took the rest of our phones. We ended up walking back to my house, because my house was the closest at that point. We did call the cops. A week later, I was sitting in my high school classroom, and the cops pulled me out of my class, brought me down to the office, and I got interrogated by them about the fight as well as the aftermath of, um, for reasons I'm not really prone to mentioning right now, it's not really my place to talk about, but uh, something had happened to him, and he wasn't, he wasn't okay, so... They asked me if I had anything to do with it, I said I had no idea, I just know the guy stole my phone and punched me in the face. The weird thing is that the whole time Brandon was telling me the story, he didn't once break eye contact with me. He was eerily serious about it. Even though I learned a lot by hearing his story, I felt like I needed to learn more. So I decided to go to the one place where I knew there would always be youth violence, and more importantly, where I can get some more information on this topic. So I headed to my old high school. Hi. Hello. How are you? I'm doing very good. Are you I am a former student. I am a former student. I came to talk with my old guidance counselor, Mr. Murray, as well as my former vice principal, Ms. Ardell, about youth violence. But that changed a bit when I started getting pressed on my topic. 
So what's your question? I just called this kid Why mother, kids yeah. are fighting in the hallways? It's, it's a couple... It's very different than why kids are filming the fights in the hallways. So I thought you were looking at more of the why the kids posted online. It's it's more of like why they fight and like what leads to this and like how well, you fight. That's it. so broad, right? That's, yeah. There's a lot of issues wow. why kids fight. Mm-hmm. A lot of it is This small interaction I had with them completely changed the course of everything from this point forward. I never thought about it long enough to realize that I wasn't specifically interested in why youth fight, but actually why youth create and post these videos online. I needed to find someone who knew a lot about technology, specifically the social aspects. My name is Aaron Zuckerscharf, and I am a freelance media strategy consultant and web developer. I also work as a full stack developer for Salon.com. I know what you're thinking. This guy is going to bore me to tears. Just give it a second. He has some good stuff to say. Cyberbullying tends to bring the idea of kids attacking other kids in elementary school or middle school or whatever. But the same type of problems are out there on the web, hitting people on social media all over the place of all ages. Uh, It's a pretty bad issue and very few of the social media platforms out there are interested in addressing it in a technological way, which I think is how it needs to be addressed. What I wanted to know was if taking down any of these fight videos would actually make a difference. For the people who are in the videos and do not want those videos online, it potentially makes a difference in the far long term for those individuals. When something goes up online, it becomes very difficult to take down. And if it's attached to that person's name, then it becomes uh, something that can follow them throughout their entire lives. For those individuals, it would definitely make a difference. Would it make a difference for the company's user bases? Probably not so much. If we're honest, this is about a, a moral and ethical incentive on their part. I doubt it would make much of a difference for their users unless the problem becomes so significant that they start losing users because of it. Hearing Aram say that major social media companies have the power to remove violent videos, but choose not to simply because it doesn't benefit them, was a little bit upsetting. After hearing that, I felt like there is no way of putting a true end to posting violent videos. However, there may be a small solution for preventing future fights. I have many, many positive experiences because we work with a restorative practice technique. I'm a big believer. What's the restorative practice technique? Uh, You bring the parties together after they've had a bit of time. Usually it's a suspension. They come back to the table, the offender, the offendee. There's always two sides to every store. When you bring the two people together into a safe, supportive environment and you hash it out and you talk about the issues and both people have the opportunity or all of the people have the opportunity to voice their opinions. They listen, um, they express their concerns, their thoughts and you end on a positive note whatever that is it could be that they're walking out as friends they're walking out as um, still considered to be non-friends but amicable because they know what the expectations are moving forward and your restorative practice has to end in an agreement to uphold that whatever that agreement is and my experience is that in most of the cases it goes over they become friends again if you want i have a little like it's a card which has sort of restorative practice In Mr. Murray's office, around a bunch of sticky notes, is a piece of paper that says, Restorative Questions. The questions are, 
What happened? What were you thinking at that time? What have you thought about since? Who has been affected by what you have done? What do you think you need to do to make things right? These restorative practice questions isn't just a method used for teens, but something that everyone can use in their life. Gathering with someone after an argument or conflict, having an open and honest discussion, and asking a few simple questions would solve just about any issue. From now on, I'm using the restorative practice technique to solve my issues with people. And I think you should too.